0: let's pray jesus thank you for just the privilege of being able to be in your house and just being able to worship in unity with with each other lord and starting our week off with you and i just thank you that we are so blessed and and we just give you all the glory and we give you all the praise and i pray that your kingdom will grow tonight in jesus name and everyone said Amen. amen greet someone who you ignored when you sat down earlier so good hey do you guys want to give yourself a round of applause for braving this cold weather you guys are the real deal and everyone else is missing out amen 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 well we are in our galatian series and for those of you who don't know my name is matt i'm get the privilege of being on team here at view church and and welcome welcome to church Uh, we pray that tonight will bless you And that the rest of your week will be blessed in Jesus' name. But we're in our Galatians series, and um, it's been an incredible series. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't been a part of our series and you want to really understand what we've been speaking into, you can head over to our YouTube or our podcast channels on, on, I think it's Apple Podcasts, and I think there's another one for the Android users. But um, I don't know what it's called. I know we post, I what there's no digs at Android. You do your thing, giants. There's no digs there. Respect. Respect. But uh, you can catch up, and you can hear what we've been speaking into as a church, and I know that it's going to bless you. But, uh, so we're in Galatians, and um, it's been a really incredible series, and I've been extremely blessed, but I know that the rest is going to be blessed, and for the, what we have in store for the rest of the year. It's exciting, so you don't want to miss out on our Sunday experience, our Sunday services. But we are in Galatians 5, verse 1 tonight, and I'm going to ask the team to actually leave that scripture up throughout the whole service. And we literally are going to be speaking out of this one piece of scripture because there's so much that we can unpack in what Paul is trying to teach us. And this is what it says. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. We're going to read it again. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, before we go on, I'm pretty convinced that 99% of us have one of these in their house. It's familiar? Load shedding, you guys all have one of these, or it's equivalent essentially that when the power goes off, there's no lights. So you bring the rechargeable and you put this on in your lounge or your bedroom or your toilet. Or the kitchen wherever you are so that you can see what you're doing why because we have no power and that's what we have to do now so clearly this thing's purpose is to light the room up so that's exactly what we're going to do can I ask if we kill the house lights just for a second no there's no it's fine we're going to quickly kill the house lights so we're actually going to see this thing in full action is that okay all the house lights we're going to do this there we go okay you guys ready you're gonna see this thing light up this room. You guys pumped? Okay, here we go. Oh, it's so awkward. It's actually not charged. No, I'm joking, it's part of the part of the sermon analogy for tonight. Don't worry, that was totally planned. Thank you, you guys you put the house lights back on. There we go. So, myself and Robin, who's my wife, we've had this, and um, I'm pretty convinced in the space of a year, this has probably been on about twice. That's it. We've used it twice. Now, we always get to the point when it's load shedding that because this thing isn't charged, we end up taking our phone and doing this. You guys all in that, you guys do that, right? But we have everything that we careful. Okay, I heard a no there. I know you did one time in your life, Warren. I can see you. But clearly... It would really benefit us if this thing was charged, correct? It would. It would make our life a lot easier. Our battery on our phone wouldn't die because it wouldn't always be using its light. But that's exactly what we have access to as sons and daughters of Christ. You see, that Scripture says that we have been set free. And in being set free, we have been adopted into the body of Christ. So, what does that mean? It means that we have got a purpose from God. We have got an incredible purpose, destiny. God has got incredible plans for us. But so this thing has an incredible purpose too. But if it isn't connected to the source of power, it's never going to be in the place it needs to be. It's never going to shine the light. It's designed to shine. Why? Because it's disconnected from the power source. You see, that's what Jesus is trying to tell us. That's what Paul is trying to tell us. It's for freedom that we've been set free. We have an incredible purpose from God. God's design for us is to always live a life that brings Him glory. And it's to live a life where we can serve others so that they can experience the same freedom you and I have experienced. It says in Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16, You are a light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our purpose in this world is to live a life Where God gets the glory and that people start giving glory to God. That's our purpose. We've been set free so that we can live in the plans that God has for us. Again, I can't stress this point enough. You have been called by God. God has given you a specific individual purpose that he wants to use you to fulfill. You have a purpose from God. I was in a slump in my life when I was 21 years old. I had done ministry in another part of the, of, of the country and, I, and I'd come back super dejected. I was discouraged. I genuinely felt that my purpose was just to exist, that I'd served for so long in the church, but I almost couldn't find my place again. I couldn't find what my next step is. I genuinely felt like I had no purpose in the church. I genuinely felt like God didn't want to use me anymore. I was a failure. And I will never forget Graham, who is our founding pastor, called me into his office and he shared the scripture with me. And I want to share the scripture with you tonight because I pray that it encourages you, reminds you as it did for me. And this is what it says. And, and you might know it, but you might not know it. But it's found in Psalm 139 verses 1 to 18. It's a long portion of scripture. But as I read it, I want you to do, just meditate Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up into the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be too dark for you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in that secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You see, we were individually created by God on purpose for a purpose. We were set free by what Jesus did for us so that we can live in this purpose that God has for us. That's what Paul is saying to the Galatian church. You have been set free. You are no longer slaves, but now you are sons and daughters of God and you are free to live in this purpose that he has for you. You have been set free to live on purpose for God so that he can get all the glory and by the grace of God, others will experience his free, their, their, their freedom by what God is doing through you. But then we see on the back end of that, he goes, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You see, the key word in that is again. What Paul is trying to tell us is that before we were saved, before we were set free, we had this yoke of slavery around us we were living a sinful life. We were living a life that was destined for hell. We were living a life that was separated from Jesus. But when the moment salvation became a reality in our life, that yoke was taken off, and we took on the yoke of Jesus. We were set free from the yoke of slavery. But Paul is saying, but again, be careful not to fall into this yoke of slavery again. There's two types of slavery you can fall into. Either you can go back to your old life or you can go on the journey and you can start to replace Jesus with things that are not of the gospel. You start to become religious. You start to do works for your own glory. You start to do things so that people can notice you. And when you do that and when you replace Jesus, once again, you put on the yoke of slavery. And that's what Paul is is warning us about. He's saying, You've received this freedom, but as easily as you were freed, if we aren't careful, the freedom can slip from our hands and that yoke of slavery could come upon us again. Be careful. We've been set free, but we haven't been set free to go back to slavery. We've been set free to give glory to God and to serve people. That's what Paul's telling us. Be careful. Again, don't go back into that life of slavery. Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those who the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in this world that we live in, in this journey we are on with Jesus, at any given point in time, we either have the yoke of Jesus on us or we have the yoke of slavery on us. Clearly, Jesus said that it's a yoke that you want. It's easy and its burden is light. Sin destroys us. Sin weighs us down. That's a yoke that we were never designed to carry. That's why Martin, when we broke bread, said he took our punishment for us. We weren't designed to carry the yoke of slavery. We weren't designed to live sinful lives. We were designed to live a life where we have the yoke of Jesus upon us. So we have a choice. Either we're living a life of freedom or we making a decision to replace Jesus with the yoke of slavery? We become self-righteous. It becomes all about us. The key thing about the yoke with Jesus is that it's a discipleship. Jesus says that if you take on my yoke, I'm going to disciple you to become more like me. Throughout this series, we've been speaking about sanctification and becoming more like Christ. When you take on the 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 yoke of Jesus, we will become more like Christ in this freedom that we've been given. We will start to think like Christ more and more every single day. We will start to love like Christ more and more every single day because we are living in a place of discipleship with Jesus because of the freedom that he's given us. So again, Paul is, is making it such a clear point. It's a powerful point that he's making. We need to live in the freedom that Christ has freed us from. We need to. Otherwise, we're going to constantly be living with this yoke of slavery. And there's a picture of a yoke that's going to come up on the screen. If you don't know what a yoke is, that's a yoke. A yoke is always designed to be used by two forces. When you take on the yoke of Jesus, he is standing next to you every step of the way. He's pushing you along. He's guiding you. He's leading you. He's cheering you on. But if you take Jesus away from that yoke and you put slavery in there, that thing's going to pull you down. It's going to take you off course. It's going to make you veer off the path of Jesus. The yoke is so important. So I want to ask you the question tonight, what yoke is currently upon you? Is it the yoke that comes from Jesus or is it the yoke of slavery? And to ask that, to ask that question is, am I truly living in a freedom that Christ has given me? Am I in a place where everything that I do brings glory to God and everything that I do is for the sake of others so that they can experience Jesus? Or am I doing it for me? Am I doing it so people can acknowledge me? Am I doing this so people can say, hey, well done. Look what you did. It's such a good job. We are called to live in the freedom that Christ has given us. But if you go back to Galatians 5 verse 1, there's, there's two words which we didn't speak about. And it's stand firm. You see, Paul connects these two scenarios with stand firm. He goes, you've been set free by Christ. Stand firm so that you don't fall into slavery again. Stand firm, church. If Paul would say anything to us today, it's to stand firm in this world that we're living in. You see, when we study, amen, 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13 says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and strong. Philippians 1 verse 27 says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whenever I come and see you, or only hear about you in my in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Stand firm. Stand firm, church. In this life we're living in, in this journey with Jesus, stand firm. If you study, when we study the word stand firm and we understand its original context, we understand that it comes from a Greek derivative. And it's actually a military term. Paul is speaking from a military perspective. So the first thing that tells me is that every day we wake up, we understand that we're in a battle. We understand that we're in this war. And because we're in this battle and because, we, because we're in this war, we need to stand firm. Stand firm. And if we study it and we understand what Paul is trying to tell us, we can see that he's trying to say four things to us in what it means to stand firm. The first thing that he's telling us is we need to keep alert. It's the first thing he's telling us. As we stand firm in this world, we need to keep alert. It says in 1 Peter 5, verses 8 to 11, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking uh, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To Him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Be alert. We've got to make sure that we're living a life where we're keeping alert, that we're understanding what's happening around us. It says in Ephesians 6 verse 18, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. How do we stay alert, Church? We stay alert by making sure that we have a a, 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 just this conviction of prayer. We have to pray every single day. I love the Lord's prayer. Jesus says, when they ask him what's the perfect prayer, he says it's the Lord's prayer. When you pray the Lord's prayer, it's not religious. You're doing it because you understand. The first thing you're doing is you're giving glory to God. You're placing Him in the highest place of honor. Then you start to pray for yourself. And one of those prayers is you're saying, God, protect me from the plans of the evil one. When you pray those prayers, you start to become alert. Prayer keeps us alert. Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24, it says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search my heart, God. It's a prayer. When we ask God to search our heart, we will be aware and we will stay alert of the things that could cause us to step out of our freedom and to put on the yoke of slavery. We need to stay alert. And we stay alert by making sure that we're praying every single day. The second thing that Paul is telling us when we need to stand firm is we need to be strong. We need to be strong. It says in John 16 verse 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help." In trouble. Paul is saying to them, listen, <laughs> and I'm saying to you guys, we're going to face some things every single day. We're never going to have this perfect, easy life. We're going to face trials. We're going to face some, some obstacles. We're going to face some hurdles. But in the face of those, we can't be discouraged. In the face of those, we need to be strong because if we allow those things to cause us to stumble, we're going to lose the freedom that Christ gave us. Stay strong. Stay strong. How do we stay strong? I want to encourage us every day to be reading the Word of God. You see, the Word of God is the bread of life. We understand that if you have a really bad diet, you're probably going to lose your strength. If you aren't eating the right food, the right nutrients, your body is going to suffer, and you're going to struggle to be strong. You're going to struggle to live the life That you should be living because you aren't giving your body the right food. The bread of life is there for us to consume so that when we eat it, we can be strong in our convictions, so that we can be strong in the promises that Jesus has given us. You see, Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights at his lowest and most vulnerable point in his life. He finished and that's the exact moment that the devil started to tempt him. He tempted him three times, but every time he responded with the word of God. Because he was strong in his conviction. He said, No, this is what the word of God says. When we're in this battle, when we in this fight, to stand firm means to stand strong. And we do that by making sure that we're carrying a conviction of the word of God. Hebrews 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Next, Paul is telling us in standing firm that we have to resist the attack. We have to resist the attack. When I was studying this and through the lens of an army and the military understanding of stand firm, this is the picture that I saw. It should come up now. We see a soldier lifting up his shield as arrows are shot at him. He's resisting the attack of the enemy. It says in Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 17, a final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on God's full armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in a time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and putting on the, 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 the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up your shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take on the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Every day we make a decision to put on the full armor of God. Because we understand that in this world... We're going into a battlefield every single day, and we have to be prepared because the, den- the enemy is going to try and attack us in every single shape and form, in every single way he could try. He is going to try to attack us to make us forget that we have been living in the freedom that Christ has freed us into. He's going to attack us. It's a reality check, but we have to prepare ourselves to make sure that when the attack comes, we will stand firm and we will resist the attack, that we're not going to let the attack get the better of us. And cause us to put on the yoke of slavery again. Again, we were saved from it into freedom so that we can give glory to the Father and that we can serve others. It says in Matthew 7, verses 24 to 25: Anyone who listens to these teachings and follows it is wise, like a person who builds his house on solid rock. That the rain came, that the rain comes in torrents, and the flood waters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse. Because it's built on bedrock, we have to apply the word of God to our life. There's no good in reading the word of God; we have to apply it. Let us apply what it means to put on the full armor of God. I was praying into the full armor of God, and I just really wanted us to focus on the shoes of peace. Almost feel like it's probably the the most uncool part of the armor, right? The shoes, but it's probably the most important thing. Who's ever stood on a thorn and it stopped you in your track? Our shoes are really important keeps your feet warm in winter shoes are important but he says it's the shoes of peace there's two parts to that i want to encourage you the peace that comes from god is the peace of your salvation it's understanding that because of your salvation because you are saved there's no fear of where you go when you die because you've accepted jesus as your lord and savior there's a peace in knowing that you were once destined for hell but now you're destined to heaven You have a peace. It's a promise from Jesus. Your salvation means you will spend eternity in heaven with him one day. Carry the peace that comes from Jesus. The second part of peace means we understand that the word of God is for us every single day. The good news, the promises of God, the character of Jesus, who he is. We can have a peace in knowing that God's word will never return void. We have to resist the attack by standing firm. Lastly, what is Paul trying to tell us? He's saying we need to stick together. Now I want to ask you guys a question. Who's ever seen a one-man army? Who thinks that a one-man army is intimidating? It isn't. But who thinks that an army of thousands of soldiers is intimidating? because they stick together. They understand that when they work together, when they fight together, when they're in battle together, they are so much more effective. You will sell yourself short in this world if you think that you can do it by yourself. The minute we isolate ourselves, we make ourselves vulnerable for the attack of that that line that we spoke about earlier. But Paul is saying, you are much better off in sticking together you're much better off in sticking together. I want to encourage you, if you're not part of a view group, put all your excuses aside and use this as the perfect opportunity to sign up for a view group. Tonight is the perfect opportunity for you to find a community where you can stick together. The first thing we understand about community is that we can encourage each other. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Community builds. Community builds each other up. The second part of it is that we get to call each other out in a loving way. It says in Proverbs 27 verse 6, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. When we understand that when we do life together, we get built up, we get encouraged. I spoke about that Season in my life when I came back and I felt just destroyed. The greatest thing I ever did to myself, the greatest gift I ever gave myself was I still came to church. And there were friends who I still call very good friends who were able to surround me in that season and they were able to walk a journey with me in encouraging me, in helping me, in praying for me, and in deceding for me but they were also able to call out some stuff in my life that I knew I needed to deal with. I knew if I didn't deal with that, I wouldn't be living in the freedom that Christ has given me. But it was because of friends who stuck with me that I was able to stand firm. And I've got no doubt that a big part of why I'm standing on this stage today is because of those friends. Because we stuck together. Friendships and community is so important. Please sign up for a view group tonight. It's the best thing you're ever gonna do. Can I ask if we close our eyes? We understand that sticking together is so important and standing firm when we face with the attacks that come from the evil one because we help each other out. We guide each other. We, we, We bless each other. We pray for each other. But we will never truly be able to enter into that sense of community that Christ speaks about, that Paul speaks about, if we haven't entered into a community and a friendship with Jesus. You see, all of my friends had Jesus at the center of their life. And out of an overflow of their relationship with Him, they were able to bless me in that time. You see, if I surrounded myself with friends who are of the world, I would have probably been on a very destructive path right now. But salvation is key. Standing firm can only be done when Jesus is our foundation, when Jesus is our best friend, when Jesus is our Savior. Because if Jesus is not our Savior, we think that we are our own Savior, and we can't stand firm. because. We can't be strong because we're human. The strength we spoke about is a supernatural strength. We need to keep alert. And by keeping alert, it's because we're praying to Jesus every day. He's guiding us. He's, he's allowing our light to shine before us and shine around us. He will give us the strength that we need to overcome anything that the devil throws at us so that we can continue living in the freedom that he's given us. It's because of Jesus that we can resist the attacks. That we can put on the full armor of God. That we can have the peace of our salvation every single day when we wake up. It's because of Jesus that we can stick together and build healthy friendships and community. Where we can do church. When we come together, we stick together as a church. It's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus that I'm here tonight. So with everyone's eyes closed if you know that Jesus has not been a part of your life and you are going through some things when you know there's a burden on you that you cannot carry anymore I want to let you know that Jesus died on the cross for that so that you will never need to carry that burden again thank you Jesus and tonight maybe you've been saved into freedom but you've made some decisions where you've taken on the yoke of slavery again and you feel disconnected from Jesus. Maybe that's you as well. Maybe you're a prodigal son and daughter where you've come back and you know you need that relationship with Jesus again. On the count of three, I want to invite you to accept Jesus back into your life. On the count of three, I want to invite you to accept Jesus for the first time, to enter into that supernatural relationship with Jesus where we can stand firm One, two, three. If that's you, no one's looking out of a sign of respect. If you want to make the greatest decision you're ever going to make, to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do you want to raise your hand tonight? No one is looking. Thank you, Jesus, for that hand. Thank you, Jesus, for that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus, for that hand. Is there anyone else? Thank you, Jesus, for that hand. Thank you, Lord. Your kingdom is growing. Thank you, Jesus, for that hand. Thank you, Jesus, for that hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone else when you know that you cannot live with the yoke of slavery again? Last call. Is there anyone else? Everyone's eyes are closed. This moment's between you and it's between Jesus. The greatest decision you're ever going to make. Thank you for those hands. Thank you, Jesus, that your kingdom has grown tonight. Church, we're going to pray this prayer together. It's a powerful prayer. Before we close off, I just want to pray for us as a church together. Let's pray together, church. Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross for me. Tonight, I declare and confess that I am a sinner and that I've fallen short. I pray that you forgive me of my sins. From this day on, I declare, confess, and believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Today, I live my life for Him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Before we close off, I just want to pray for us. Is that okay? Can I pray for us? Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to stand firm. Thank you that in this life where we are in a battlefield, in this life where things are thrown at us, in this life where we will face trials, we will face sorrow, we will face hurdles, we can stand firm in Jesus' name. So Father, I pray for everyone here. I thank you for the grace that you've given us. I thank you for the salvation that you've given us. I thank you for the promises that you've given us. Father, I thank you for the purpose that you've given every individual here tonight. Father, I pray that they will find the grace, that they will find the strength to stand firm in this life that they're living in. That nothing will cause them to go back into the yoke of slavery. But they will take on your yoke, Lord. And we understand that your burden is easier, your, your yoke is easier and your burden is light. Father, I thank you that we will be known as a church that gives you glory, that gives you praise. We will be known as a church that serves our community, that serves our family, that serves our friends, so that people can experience the freedom we've experienced. Thank you that you've called each and every one of us. Thank you that this church is a light on a hill where so many people can come and find hope for the first time as we commit this in your precious name. Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you very much, Matthew. That was an amazing word. And um, listen, if you gave your life to Jesus tonight, it is the single best decision you will make this side of eternity. But if I can implore you, um, you're going to have questions. You're not going to have all the answers now. So a door's been opened to my left, your right. Please come and talk to us. We can pray with you. We can answer the questions you might have as you begin this journey, or even if this message spoke to you and you need prayer this evening, um, just to really kind of help unpack that into your spirit. We have male and female counselors through that door that can pray with you. If it is your first time today, we have already made your coffee. It's right outside as you leave in the outside that God can and there is no power so we are in the dark so there is no need to leave so hang around fellowship with us there's no better place to be until at least 10 past eight when the power comes back on have a great evening and we will see you next week